This is a podcast from Rover. All right, it is time to talk GDT with our man Stewie D. How you doing, brother? Good morning. I'm really good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. You're back in the uh, the home hamlet of um, Dunsandle there. Um, how are the locals? Yeah, locals are good. Yeah, back in sunny Dunsandle. Bloody happy to be home, to be honest. And I have already snuck in two hunts, so I'm pretty happy with that. To oh, be good man. Where'd you go? Uh, one up the Rangatata for some tar, and uh, got my brother on his first couple of tar, which was pretty cool for him. And then I snuck out over the weekend on a solo mission up uh, Arthur's Pass, which was pretty good. So oh, it's fantastic. A hind, but I'm home empty-handed, which is actually what I prefer, because I'm not a big fan of carrying out lots of me. Yeah, yeah. That, that can be some hard yakka. Um, so GDT overnight, what did we have just a... It was an increase still, which is good news, 0.5%, half a percent, um, which was a bit more in line... Uh, apparently with uh, what people were predicting uh, derivatives-wise heading into this particular auction, more so than the one a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, exactly right. The last event was a little bit more of a surprise to the upside, which is always a good thing. This one was in line with the expectations on uh, especially the Hummelpatter front, uh, which did actually fall 1.8%, but the overall auction was was pretty supportive. The milk fats market was a little bit skewed to the AMF side, which is good. We've been expecting that for a while. But as a whole, the market sort of delivered what we expected uh, from a price perspective anyway. Yeah, so no real concern around that uh, whole milk price. Uh, 1.8%, as you said, uh, heading south there, but um, nothing too alarming within that figure. No, not alarming at all, to be honest. Like, uh, woke up this morning, saw that 1.8% and thought, right, the market's actually operating as it should, which, to put some context on that, we got over three, 400 at the last GDT auction. We saw that as a bit of a floor price, but also a resistance price too, because we got there pretty quickly. So to put that in perspective, to roll off 1.8% is actually a good thing. It sort of says the market understands where it, where it is, it's willing to keep trading within you know, sort of range of that three, four hundred mark, and the expectation is as we get towards the end of the season, we should be able to push back over that three, four hundred mark. So, actually, not a bad thing to see a bit of like a slight reduction in that price. Yeah, you mentioned there the uh, the AMF index there up eight point six percent. I guess the corresponding uh, for this particular auction in terms of downward trajectory was the Cheddar index down seven point six percent. Now. Uh, that's kind of bouncing around all over the shop, isn't it? Because weren't we talking about big rises maybe a couple of auctions ago and now it's sort of dived again? Yeah, exactly right. The cheddar result is always very volatile and it's again, it's inherited with the dairy market globally. But that cheddar price down 7.6 just back into the range it's been trading the um, last four or five auctions. So like you, like you mentioned, we've seen some big ups, we've seen some big downs in cheddar, but this one's just sort of in line with what we expected. Uh, you know, North Asia... Red China did take the most the most cheese at this one, so and probably not a lot of well we we see from the bidding rounds there wasn't a lot of competition in the cheese market. If you get that sort of lack of competition, the price falls. So again, we expect this volatility with cheese, and uh, it's playing true to form. Now, in terms of those buyers, you mentioned the Chinese there. Now, I think um, they were a bit more present in this auction than they were last time round because the story last time was the Middle East. Uh, this time they weren't such a factor or they certainly weren't dipping too uh, much into the pockets this time. Yeah, exactly right. The Middle East the Middle East stepped back. So the China didn't really step up. They sort of were there and thereabouts. They were pretty standard within their, their range. I think they're 1% behind their long-term average for this auction within the annual sequence. So in terms of gauging where China is, they're about standard, which is good. 
like you mentioned, there was the Middle East that stepped away, which allowed sort of Africa and Southeast Asia to take a little bit more uh, volume of the total. But obviously that's why for homework paddocks, for example, we see that price decline. So we didn't really see the impetus we saw in the last sort of six months for homework powder. Um, and to put some context on that, the Middle East doesn't usually uh, appear at this um, event. So a little bit of cultural context behind that as well. It's Ramadan in the Middle East as well. Oh, of so, course, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So we've got reasoning behind it. And we see you know, the, the lead up to this sort of auction. They've done all their buying. They've got everything on a ship coming for Ramadan. So we expect there's a bit of a pullback. So uh, that regional shift is, is was somewhat expected. Uh, the fact that China turned up and actually um, secured the volume is also supportive of, of a change. Um, but again, let's let's put some uh, clarity around that. We don't expect China to turn up at next the next auction and, and take 100% of everything. So. Sure. It is, she goes. Yeah, okay. So this auction was very much almost a holding one. There was no sort of uh, surprises, really, when you all those factors you've just mentioned. It was uh, pretty standard, um, nothing surprising. Exactly right. Yeah, nothing surprising. And that's what we want at this time of the season, too, or this time of the year, you know, globally. Um, put some context around that again. You know, New Zealand milk production is sliding into our, the end of our season. We've got three more months to run. Um, European and the US milk production starting to ramp up seasonally as well. Um, so a bit of certainty around uh, prices on the commodity market is actually quite a good thing as we transition between the two peaks. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're looking at less milk coming out of Europe uh, in the coming, you know, current and coming months. And like us for the United States, a little bit less milk in the States going forward too. So support was somewhat expected. Uh, and going forward, it's pretty hard to see prices uh, being demolished in a hurry. But again, support's key. We, we need to find support where we are. Tell you what, there's a bit of news going on in the dairy world at the moment when I uh, look around and I see that uh, we've got the Smith v. Fonterra in the Supreme Court. You know, we've got um, the Fonterra merging, uh, New Zealand and Australia businesses sort of merging together. We've got the, the Decans uh, situation with the Canadians as well. I mean, it's actually, um, in terms of the news cycle, uh, you know, there's some interesting things happening in the, uh, in the dairy market at the moment. Oh mate, I could go. I could add to your list if I wanted. Oh but, uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you must keep a cl- very close eye on all these things. I mean, this is your this is your wheelhouse. I was going to say bread and butter if I needed a bit of term. Exactly, <laughs> but that's yeah. that's the that's the cool thing about the dairy market is it's huge and it's it's all engulfing. And like you mentioned that that Canada piece, the trade agreement and the CPTPP that Canada is somewhat um, ignoring at the moment does really impact us and and you know supplies a whole lot of protectionism to Canadian farmers, but. That's just a that's just like you said one chip of the news cycle that's going on. But that Canadian um, problem for New Zealand farmers costs us as a nation quite significantly every year. Someone did a calculation a few years ago, and obviously it'll be different with the way prices have moved and the way trade is now. But the year that it was calculated, that um, the Canadians dumping skim milk powder into the world market cost the average Kiwi farmer about twenty eight cents per kilo of milk solids in that season. So when you you know you wow. two hundred yeah yeah. It's a, it's a significant piece of revenue for for the average dairy farmer. So, you know, that's why these trade disputes get so um, you know, so heated. And, and for a little country like us, it means quite a lot. For Canada, they sort of laugh at us because they sell car parts and everything else and pharmaceuticals and their economy is a little bit bigger. So um, those things are just um, are massive and very relevant to us. And, um, you know, fair play to the, the trade negotiators out there battling away with the Canadians and trying to get through the WTO and the world, you know, um, all the other trade organisations to get something happening.
Well, um, it's a, it's a, you know, Canada's kind of flexing uh, a little bit here, isn't it? Really, and 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 you know, as you've said, it's to do uh, with protecting uh, their industry. But I mean, this is an agreement under the CPTPP, so exactly. you know they're sort of dodging their obligations under that under that agreement. Exactly right. And if you, you cast your mind back to, I think it was 21 or early 22, um, when the Canadians were complaining about what Trump was doing to them in terms of trade barriers with car parts and everything. And, um, you know, it just speaks to that, you know, if you, you, you can't pass the buck down to the smaller player all the time, it's, it's got to be fair and equal for trade to actually happen. So it's, um, it's, it's a fun one to watch and incredible considering, you know, a little country like New Zealand has taken on Canada and, and, you know, assuming that, like you said, trade negotiations should and, and agreements should hold, we should be able to win this one pretty easily. But uh, there seems to be a fair bit of resistance going on. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, God, they're they're in a state themselves at the moment. Their election isn't till twenty twenty five, which is a shame. Um, I think there's a lot of people that uh, <laughs> a lot of people are wanting that to come a little bit sooner and maybe get rid of the communist regime and um, you know that Poly uh, Polyev Polivier, whatever, however you pronounce that guy's name. He's quite a smart operator. I was going to say there is a big sense of change coming from Canadian politics. I was actually golfing with uh, a Canadian in, in Waikiki Island two weeks ago after this exact call, and uh, he mentioned the exact same thing. So, um, you know, a lot of distaste with what's going on in Canadian politics and not enjoying where things have gone. So, yeah, I think uh, their, their election could come soon enough, but um, there are some great political... Uh, Tunes coming out of Canada at the moment, which makes for great watching. Yeah, it really does. It really does. I love watching the two of them go to toe to toe in the house as well. It's it's quite fun. I watch. Yeah, I go down a little bit of the old political rabbit hole sometimes, um, Stewie. Which um, you know can be a waste of time, but it also can be entertaining. Yeah. Um, the other thing uh, that's really positive. Uh, what are we to the twenty first today? Uh, the twenty third. I think the new season of Drive to Survive drops, um, which <laughs> which I always love because the thing is. You know what's happened, but you still watch the shows anyway. Exactly, and you, and the best thing is you kind of go, I feel like they're making more of a drama of this one. Yeah, but, um, it's like I don't I'm remember it playing it. out like this, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I tell you, I actually sat down last night um, and started watching, and I laughed to myself, I started watching the NASCAR Netflix series, which is a drive to survive, but a NASCAR, yeah. the redneck version. <laughs> and um, it was actually really good. And I thought, I'm pretty sure I said a couple of weeks ago that I wasn't a big fan of these things, but NASCAR, it drew me in. And I thought, well, this is a good lead in for drive to survive. I'm looking forward to the, the next season. Oh, that's interesting you said that because I saw that pop up as well. And I thought, oh, another one. Like every sport now has got a drive to survive um, spin off. And uh, I thought, well, I don't know, can I bring myself to get into this one as well? And I didn't, but it's interesting. So Stewie's recommendation is, um, you reckon it's not a bad we watch? That's right. I feel like as long as there's a pit crew and they're burning lots of petrol and going very fast, it's sort of it's got the right <laughs> drama elements. Otherwise, yeah. it's not quite up to the drive to survive standard. Yeah, interesting. It's it's amazing what they've spawned. It's just become an absolute phenomenon, um, you know. And I think that some sports have got the model down. I mean, the thing is, you can't do just a carbon copy of um, Drive to Survive. That's just that's never gonna that's never gonna fly long term. You know, you might get a season or two but success rate won't be as great you've got to maybe take the blueprint and 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 put your own sort of stamp on it um is that what oh. the nascar one sort of has done or no they've taken the carbon copy and printed the same <laughs> thing it's, it's 
It's brilliant. You just you, you know what you're in for, and you're like, okay, I'm here for this. But yeah. I was just thinking, what the dairy industry needs to do is a, is a dairy to survive, because that would be great, to be honest. Actually, uh, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, the seasonal flow, and you know, follow a few farmers around. It'd be great fun. Yeah, I mean, the drama's probably pretty close. Tell you what, that's actually it's yeah, not bad, Stu. Not bad. Let's talk to a production company. We'll get this up and running. We'll um, get it up. We'll get we'll get some rotten done. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh no, that's yeah. I'm pleased um, that uh, that NASCAR's good. I might have to check it out now. Hey, listen, uh, as always, bloody good to talk to you. Uh, people want to find you, Stewie. Where can they do that? Uh, they can find us at highground.com uh, or just search highground dairy on the internet, and you'll come across us and reach out. We uh, we offer a free insights trial if you need it. And uh, I'm always available on the end of the phone or on an email and get in touch. More than happy to help out and talk to you. You're a good man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Stu. Thanks for your time, mate. Cheers. Well, if you liked that, you'll love this. Subscribe to Rex wherever you get your podcasts from and follow us on social media as well and get all the latest rural content at rexonline.co.nz.